Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. What's up, fellow addicts? This is Shannon, the producer of the SDR show. Joining Ralph Sutton and guest co-host James Mattern today is the lead singer of legendary rock band Foreigner, Kelly Hansen. It's a really fun interview, and I'd say wait all the way to the end for a weird kind of out of the blue story that was super interesting and none of us expected. Don't forget, we do this show live every single Wednesday and Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern at gasdigitalnetwork.com slash live. You can watch that for free, but the best way to support the show is to go to gasdigitalnetwork.com, use promo code SDR. That'll give you a one-week free trial to every single episode of this show that we've ever done, as well as every episode of every show on the entire Gas Digital Network. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please enjoy this episode. Here it is. This is the intro to the shit show. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. This is the hit show. Show me a tit show. Please, someone fuck the host. It's weed, I feed, it's hookers and blow. It's art, it's art, you need to know. It is the SDR Show, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll Show. I am Ralph Sutton. Back with me once again is James Madden wearing an adorable smiley scully. It's sweet. I'm a cute boy. We've discussed this off the air. I think I'm going to be uh, voted cutest boy of the world. 2020. I do think, by the way, um, Mr. Hansen, who we'll introduce in a second, I'll, I'll, you can start with this. There's only a few years between James and I, but I think he looks way younger than me. I really do. I think he looks at least... 15 years younger than me. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just a, I don't know, maybe shit on myself too much, James. I don't know. Ralph, you're doing great. I have that Southern Italian blood. I think I explained this on an episode before. I looked mad old when I was a kid, like I was 16. Oh. I had mutton chops and I bought a stripper a beer at a ZZ Top concert because I'm a wild boy, but couldn't get any any action from any girls my age. And now I'm looking younger as I get okay. old. But Fair God, enough. 70, what the fuck I'm going to look like. All right, so let's do it this way. Uh, the guy has been the lead singer of Foreigner since 2005. I think that's a, a bunch of years, 20-something years. I don't even fucking know. Five, 18 years, five, something like that. Now. 18 years, uh, five platinum records, 80 million records sold, 16 top 30 hits in the history of Foreigner. Uh, Foreigner 4, by the way, sat on Billboard longer than any other Atlantic Records uh, album in the 75-year history. The interesting thing is he's not going to remember this, but we're going way, way back when it, they think it was the first tour that Kelly did with Foreigner back when Jason Bonham was playing drums. Uh, Jeff Pilson's still in the band. I had interviewed you with Hurricane because you had put out, I was it, I'm going to think it was Liquifier. Is that the name of the last Hurricane record? Liqu Liquifiery. Liquifiery. Okay. And um, you did the show. And then I was invited to come backstage in Florida and we sat down and talked. My old radio show was called The Tour Bus. I'd been friends with Jeff Pilson for a long time and I went back and met you back then. But it's been so long since we interviewed James. Feels like the first time. Ah! Thank you so much. So, okay. This is probably going to be the worst episode. Ever. <laughs> does this sometimes. I'm going to try not to do it, sir, but it could. It yeah. could. I, feel like I, I was sitting on that for three days. I feel like if I don't do it, then I've been falling for your head games and I just can't. What do we do? Oh. 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 Oh, James, it was really That's urgent. Like for you. It was really urgent for you to get that oh. one out. I'll tell you that. Uh. All right. Get it all out. Get it all <laughs> out. So, Kelly, you don't remember the show, I'm sure. But we got we got to hang backstage with you 18 years ago in, in um, Florida. It was when you toured with Sticks. Is that the first? Was that 2005 or is that 06? I don't remember what year that was. So many. Years I am. Ago. I am not the statistician that you're looking for. Okay, fair enough. Um, the thing I will start with is I, I do a little research. I watch something, and it is something that comes up a lot with relation to foreigner. And I'm curious if you could shed light on this. Which is, you guys even you made you poke fun at this a while ago in a video called "Is That Foreigner" from ten years ago. The amount of people that know 
a dozen foreigner songs, if not more, but don't realize it's foreigner. They think it's sticks. They think it's Aria Speedwagon. They think it's Journey. What do you think it is? You think it's a branding issue? What do you think it is? No, I think that hindsight is blurry. That's really kind of what happens. Is that people get older and it all kind of jumbles up. It does for me. I don't, I don't remember hanging out with you in Florida. It's all, it's all just a jumble. Yeah, but I'm just it's, one radio douchebag that you met 18 years ago. Why would you remember me? Well, you know, that, it depends on the kind of douchebag you are, you know. <laughs> Okay. There are so there are there are very subtle degrees of douchebagginess. No, I got I got all of them. But it is wild. Like even this week, telling friends of mine that I'm interviewing uh, the singer Foreigner, and like, oh, what songs? Are they? And I start singing, you know, song after song, and like, oh, that's all Foreigner. I'm like, yeah, that's fucking all Foreigner. And people don't. Well, we we do get a we do get a lot of after the show. People go, oh, I didn't know you did that song. Oh, I didn't know you did that song. You know, and on and on. So that happens quite often. And that's been part of part of a campaign of my managers is to uh, inform people that we're the band that did these songs so that they understand that we're that band. Right. It is pretty wild because there are so many and go deep on Foreigner. There's so many fucking hits. It's crazy. So you're out on tour right now, or at least it's, it's starting the farewell tour with Foreigner. This is, in theory, the last tour of the band. Um, and the last night is going to be here in the New York, New Jersey area at the PNC Art Center, September 3rd. My questions first would be, is there anything, we don't know if you could even tell us, that you're planning for the last last episode, last one, the last show in September? Well, let me get a few facts straight first. The official farewell tour, the Live Nation tour with, with Loverboy starts on July 6th in Atlanta. Okay. And this farewell tour will go through 2024. Okay. Um, and uh, but before we do that, we're doing a residency at the Venetian starting March 24th through April 8th. Um, wow. So uh, let's get that straight. Um, now you wanted to know what this first thing. First of all, this is a real thing. This is not some kind of ploy to sell tickets. We really haven't had that need to do that. Right. What it's really about? It's about the fact that I've been doing this for 18 years and it's an incredibly difficult catalog of songs to sing. I, I don't think there's a lot of people who could actually do them correctly. Um, and it's a challenge for me and it gets more difficult every year. And I don't want to be out there doing these songs and not giving them the justice that they deserve, just not only for the song, but for, for the people. And um, so I said, you know, I, I want to leave this, in a very strong place and people have people have uh, memories of this as a very strong thing. I don't want to be remembered as some shitty version of myself right. and some shitty version of the songs. Well, question would be then, is it you that was the real catalyst for this? Like you said, Hey, I really am not going to, I want to make sure that when we're doing this, I'm doing this right. So I want to step down. Like if Mick was, if it was up to Mick, would they continue going or was it a group I think I think there was a, a convergence of uh, elements that made this the right thing. Um, but I had been kind of this had been percolating in my head for a while. Like I'd been saying to myself, is there a way I could get six months off, you know, and just and that's that was the beginning start of it. And then COVID came along and then I've been on the road nine months of the year for the last 18 years. And That's so crazy. that makes it very hard to have a, a life or personal life, a family life. And um, so that starts to become an issue. I'm, I'm going to be 62 in a month. And you start to think about, Baby. yeah, you start to think about where you want to be and what you want to be doing. And I don't want to be one of those guys who's, uh, too old and still still wanting to slam it out on stage. I, I can't slam it out at, you know, I can't I can't do these vocals, the young, strutty, angry young man vocal thing into my late 60s. I just it's just not gonna work. Right. Of course. I, I get that. And also didn't you get married not that long ago? Yeah, I'm coming up on year three now. Yeah. So that I'm sure had something to do with it to say, all right. Maybe I want to spend yeah. time with a woman, you know, and enjoy that's, myself. That's that's right. That's absolutely true. Yeah, I get it. And then also, which I look, first of all, my neighbors hate me. Why? Did you say, did, did you say that you would like to spend time with a woman? You I just sound haven't. Like you're, I you're, haven't. If I'm you haven't, yeah. Offended. I hear <laughs> yeah. it great. I hear it. <laughs> it made um, me 
so hard. It's just ridiculous. And, and maybe you just want to spend time with a woman. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's people touring and spending time with women too, Ralph. But I, I, I don't know. Nine months out of the year. How do you fucking have a real life? It's fucking crazy. Oh, you got a woman. You got to make a decision. I mean, this yeah. is like a plot to like an 80s movie. This is insanity. Hey, I mean, I saw, I saw I saw the seasons change. For the first time at my house during COVID for the first time. I mean, that's amazing. That's why I get it. So, you know, James, look, you're soulless. You don't have any care for people. But once you fall in love with someone, you want to spend some time with them, James. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. Um, For the last five, six days, I've been singing. I want to know what love is at the top of my lungs in my apartment building. So my neighbors hate me. But am I right? Is it this tour? Because sometimes I get things wrong and I apologize. I've already got a few things wrong that you're doing the foreignerquires.com to find uh, choirs locally to come on stage and sing that song. Is that this tour? Yeah. Uh, what we've been doing, we've been working with the Grammy foundation for like more than 10 years. And uh, I, I keep saying 10 years is probably like 15. And uh, this is kind of a give back type of thing. I, I'm a product of the public school system and the public school music system. And the first thing to go in all the budget cuts that have been happening in the last couple of decades, it's, it's music and the arts. And so this is our way to kind of help give back. And what we used to do was used to have a, a choir come on stage and sing with us during I Want to Know What Love Is. And then um, uh, COVID came along, we couldn't have choirs on stage with us. So we came up with a new concept to have choirs open for us doing a classic rock catalog. And this tour is gonna be several choirs per show, per market. And then we're going to pick a, someone's going to pick a winner and that winner is going to get a prize from Bose. We're going to get an L1 system from Bose. And uh, the, the, all, all the choirs are going to get a contribution to, to them to help their music program. And it's just a really cool thing for us. And it makes us, we get the better end of the deal because we see the reaction on their faces in front of these crowds and, and hear, the, hear the choir directors and the parents write us letters and tell us how much it's made a difference for their kids. So it's really That's a great, great thing. That is wild. So now in, in doing my research, you said something like you remember riding in a car with your mom's GTO and listening to faces and your dad was into jazz. Right. And that yeah. gave you like a bag. But now here's what's it's funny. You and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but you just on a whim sang on a beach somewhere. And that's how you found out you could kind of sing. Is that right? Well, I was in I was in choir in school before that. And I had a solo and, you know, you do that kind of thing. But um, I, I sang on the beach and, and this guy said, would you come sing with my band? And I did. And, and uh, when I started doing it, I would, my voice would like burn out after every show. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing some voice lessons and learning how to use my voice. And, and, I, and I realized that this is something I, I seem to have an affinity for. And when you're like 16, 17, you, when you realize you, you have an affinity for something, you're not just flipping burgers you you can do something i said well maybe this is something i can do and that's kind of right. how it happened and then did you then i like this story that there was an ad in a music magazine yeah. looking for a singer and that's where you met the brothers of rudy and carlos uh, robert and tony uh, uh of uh you know quiet riot fame and that's right. where the the birth of of a band that i fucking love that i think has found and maybe you could disagree or agree with me more appreciation later on than you did when you were actually hurricane People have looked back on those records and realized, like, especially still to the thrill, such a fucking great record. And I feel that people didn't appreciate it, maybe because the, the label went bankrupt. They didn't get the press it should have gotten. But those records are phenomenal records. But I feel like that that part of your life was ended abruptly. Is that is that fair? I don't know. Yeah, we were we were actually we had we had spent a year of our lives making Slave to the Thrill a year. Imagine this. You spent a year. Every day you're out there doing that. We had to we had to change guitar players in the middle of that. You know, we had to we had to fire Robert Sarzo and we hired uh, Doug Aldrich, and we make this record. The record goes into production. We we do we do this photo shoot, which the the label says, "Oh my God, we love this idea for this label." The same guy that did uh, labels for Oxford, who it was, some big, you know, big guy that did uh, album covers. And the label's like, "We love that. We love that." We, we, we finally go on the road, our first tour bus ever after on our third album. And um, uh, I get a copy of a, I get a fax or a whatever from, from, that's how it was back in the day, 
that's, that's a press release from the label that says that we're releasing two different album covers, right. one with the girl on it and one without the girl on it, without even consulting or asking us because they were worried that they wouldn't be able to get into the the, the Walmarts of the world, right? The Walmarts at that time at, uh, with with the girl cover. So they end up releasing this this cover with this machine, which says nothing. The statement is actually nothing. And and then and then uh, I'm on the phone one day on the road talking to, to the publicist from the label. And she goes, "Well, they just fired two thirds of the staff today." And I go, "We're burning dollars out here on the road, and there's not going to be any records in the stores, and no one's. It's just ridiculous." So we just that we just had to end the tour like that, and that was that's how quickly it was over. And then it took us six months to hear from the label whether we were still on the label or not. That's crazy. James, you would know there was a great album cover. It was a gorgeous girl strapped to a machine. It was called Slave to the Thrill. Um, and uh, What's wrong and, with being sexy? Yeah. And um, they had to take the girl off. I, I always thought that the girl was taken off through, um, you know, like the, there was pushback from it. But you're saying that they decided. It was a preemptive. It was preemptive. It was preemptive. I never knew that. Between clever and stupid. That's what he's saying. We're going to go down the final tap wormhole. That's what he's saying. Right. That's pretty wild. I didn't realize that. And then, by the way, prior to that, the, the, the I guess the first full length, I think there was an EP, then the, the one that had I'm on to you. And um, uh, that one. No, I'm on to you was over, was over the edge. Over the edge, right. Over the edge was the one. And just take what you want was the first one. But um, on Over the Edge, which I always felt that fucking, um, what's that movie? Vegas, baby, Vegas. The, uh, the uh, come on. The, Swingers. The, the Swingers. There's a scene in Swingers where he keeps calling a girl and leaving voicemail messages, and it gets worse and worse and worse. Basically, that exact thing happens at the end of Over the Edge with Baby Snakes a few years prior. I feel they stole the idea from you. Well, you know, that was really Bob Ezrin, um, who's an, a major mega producer. And if you if you know Bob Ezrin, you know mm -hmm. all of his stuff yes. with, Kiss, with Kiss and Pink Floyd and all that kind of stuff. And, and he was really the champion of doing weird stuff for that record. And he came up with this idea and the people that are making the calls are his son and daughter that he hired to get on the phone machine and create this. Oh, it's play. not you. All these years I thought that was you. No, no. Oh, no. wow. You just burst my bubble there, Kelly. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking truth here. Yeah. If you listen to the end of the album, that's called baby snakes. It's just, it, it is that scene from swingers. Basically. I mean, that's basically what happens. And right. also in, in in the in the um, slave to the thrill always had that line that made me laugh, which was so sexual that it makes me want to cream. It always made me laugh that line because it was so overtly sexual. Well, well, let me tell you though, um, we made a video for that song. I know, yeah. and 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 uh, it was the label or MTV said we can't say cream, so I had to go in and re-record and say it makes me want to dream. Oh, I didn't know that. That's funny. That's great. Yeah. Really Wait, when did that come out? 80s, maybe 80, 88 or something like that. Yeah, 88. Prince of 90 had a song called Cream that I watched the video every day before sixth grade. And I might have, you know, the video had some hot chicks. I'll just leave it like that. When I was running rock clubs in New York years ago, we were going to do something with MTV in like 89. And one of the sponsors was Trojan. And MTV said we could never get involved with something if Trojan is also involved, which is just shows you at the time. In the late 80s, they were super politically correct. In the yeah. early 90s, after 11, when you're watching like Headbangers Ball or Alternative Nation, every commercial was for Trojans. Right. Was, That's funny. Trojans yeah. and Axe Body Spray. What are they trying to do there? Smell good so you can get some ass. But so right. while, while we're on the topic of Hurricane, and then we'll go back to Foreigner, but now that you are going to have some time off on your own and you've been working under the Foreigner moniker for so long, is there any desire to start recreating your own story? or re, you know, revisiting your old stuff again, or, or actually maybe putting out a new solo record or something like that, or you're not even thinking that far yet? Uh, it's, it's kind of a version of all of that. Um, I'm, I'm not thinking that far yet because what I'm trying to do is, first of all, I have a year and a half, two years of this farewell thing to do, uh, mm -hmm. which will keep me very busy. And, um, and then uh, I want to, with my family and my wife, we want to, we want to, figure out what our direction is and what we're doing and where we're going with that. And, and I don't know how driven I am. And it's interesting because there are different kinds of people. There are people who are driven to create uh, new music and do that 
And like Jeff Bilson, is just driven to do new music and projects like that. And, and I love him for that. And I just don't know if I have the same priority in my life um, at this point in time, especially I'm so uh, disappointed and pissed off about the, the current state of the business and how you can't write a song and like make a living off it anymore. Right. Um, that's, that's gone. I mean, if you used to be, you write a song and you never left your house again, you could, you could make money off that because you wrote a song that people are buying and putting in their pocket or listening on the radio. And that would mean something. Now the streaming and download is means nothing financially for an artist anymore at all. There's no such thing as CDs anymore. And I just don't know how motivated I am to put time and energy uh, into that when we're all, I'll get nothing back out of it, except maybe like a couple of clicks somewhere on the internet said, Hey, nice job. Don't know if I need that. Well, you could do what we had a uh, fits of fits and the tantrums uh, on not that long ago. And he writes songs with the intention of it being in a movie or being on a commercial. He, in, but he even those rates that. yearly, even those rates are yearly going into the toilet. Yeah, I'm sure they frankly. are for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It every, is a wild every time, every, t- every year, uh, the, the, the entertainment system is trying to knock those royalties down because what they'll do is they'll find a younger person who will do it for cheaper to get to break in. Right. And so that sets a new precedent for how low it's going to be. And there you are. Right. It is crazy. All right. Before we go any further, you know, everywhere across the board, you hear things about prices going up everywhere, whether it's meat, whether it's rent, whether it's gas, it doesn't matter. It's all going up except at one place. Yo Kratom. YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. They have been a gas digital and SDR show uh, sponsor since, I don't know, let's say two years, something like that, maybe three years, some crazy long time. That price has never gone up. The $60 kilo, $60 for a kilo of Kratom, and it's high-quality curated Kratom direct to you at wholesale prices, just 60 bucks. You don't know how long that Kratom's been sitting around at the gas station at the bodega. You just want to get it direct from the source. These guys are creating their own blends. It's all coming direct to you from YoKratom.com. And you're just paying 60 bucks for that kilo? That crazy. That'd be crazy. YoKratom.com. Home of the $60 kilo. All right, let's get back into it. So now let me ask you this. We're going to go. Hurricane ends in around 2001 or two, something like that, around that area when... when well, when no, it ended in 1991. Right. You came back, right? I'm sorry. but yeah, We made an album project. in 2000. Yeah. yeah, you were in a couple other projects. And then there's about a three or four year break between that uh, liquid... Uh, fuck up the name again. Liquify. Liquifery. Yeah. To you joining Foreigner in 2004-05 era. Okay. Um, the, the way I heard it was that you heard Mick Jones was doing a new project. You didn't even realize it was him looking for a Foreigner singer. Is that correct? Well, what happened was I had kind of a, a realization in my life uh, r- just before that. I was, I was writing and uh, doing artist development and engineering and producing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But with the advent of technology and being able to make records in your bedroom, even though maybe you shouldn't, people would, um, the, the, um, the money for production and doing all those other things was just getting lower and lower and lower. And it was becoming a lot more work for a lot less money. And I was getting really frustrated at that because I was putting in all this time and energy and just getting offered less and less money. So I said to myself, this is, I, I need to go back to what I do best, which is being a lead vocalist because I had stopped really being pursuing having a group or being a lead vocalist after hurricane, because it was such a traumatic thing for my life and there was a point in the music business where no one wanted to hear a tenor clean tenor singer like me mm-hmm. um they were they were listening to uh rough voices that were right. you know that whole era and the grungy so rally yeah. i knew i had to sit it out so mm-hmm. i had been sitting it out doing other stuff and, and i finally said to myself i need to be a lead singer again that's uh, that's what i want to do so i said I'm not going to say no until I can't say yes anymore. And I'm going to go out and be aggressive because all my career, things had fallen in my lap. And I said, well, that's not happening anymore because a couple things happened. And I said, well, no one even considered me or called me or anything. And I'm, I was shocked. But then you realize, oh, well, that's where you are. So I said, okay, I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to go out. I'm going to look for stuff. And I, I got on the internet 
you know, I think it was AOL and seven minutes for an ad to load before I could even read my email. And I went out and I saw this article about Mick doing uh, this uh, charity event in Santa Barbara with a couple members of Foreigner, but he called it Mick Jones and Friends. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, what is that? Is that, and I didn't know that Lou had left in 2002. I didn't know that Foreigner was kind of dormant. I didn't know any of that because I wasn't really like following any of that. And right. uh, so I said to myself, is this a new Mick Jones project or is he, is he reviving Foreigner some way? And then I started looking into it and found out that Lou was gone. And so uh, <clears throat> I'd been around LA for a couple of decades and I knew some people. So I started making some calls and got in touch with uh, management who was now had just started to, to uh, fire up the foreigner machine after, you know, so it takes a, a while for the machine to get going again. And so I contacted her and I knew uh, Tom Gimble who had been in the band for a long time through a friend. And so I submitted a tape and went back and forth. And a couple months later, it's like, well, um, we're coming to LA. And I said, well, can I be the first guy that you look at? Or I don't know what you're mm -hmm. doing in LA, but can I come in the first day you come in? Cause that's a little tip to anyone out there who wants to get a gig is like, don't be the last guy unless you're the last guy that, and they stop looking because they hired you be the first guy and they'll stop looking after they see you. Uh, if I would have waited five guys to go in yeah. and you know, I might not have gotten this spot. So, um, so I came in and we jammed By the way, for like that, an that hour. same rule applies when you're having a gangbang. You want to be the first guy. Yeah, sure. Don't I think you're right. Guy. You know what? It's very, very much the same thing. You want the job before everyone else. Yeah, good job, Ralph. Right, right. You want to come and go before anyone else is in the door. <laughs> so, uh, so, 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 so I, we, we did a jam for an hour and a half. I was really nervous, and Mick was really cool. I didn't know that we were rehearsing, and then we'd take a break, and Mick would go out in the hall, and he would he had been recording the rehearsal, so he would go out in the hall and listen to the. Oh, wow. To the stuff. <clears throat> and then um, I got home. I remember distinctly I got home at 6 p.m. They called me at 7 and they said, we're booking shows for this weekend. Can you start rehearsing tomorrow? So I had five days to learn the show. So you were the only guy they saw and they said right then and there, this is right. I think they might have been doing some other stuff. I didn't know if they were going to be seeing anyone else, but I just mm -hmm. said, you know, let me in there and do it. So we did. That's quite, That's really wild. And then it, that relationship lasted and still going on now, eighteen years later. That's yeah. pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, it 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 took off like a juggernaut, and it was insane. Like we didn't start playing till March, and we did seventy five shows that year. Wow, that's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were right. I mean, I remember seeing it with you and Sticks back in the day. Uh, it just sounded amazing. It looked it, the energy was amazing. It was such a great show. That was the last time I saw you guys, unfortunately. But maybe I'll try and see you in, in the PNC. Um, yeah, I think it's gotten I think it's gotten a lot better over the years. I think everyone's really kind of come to sit in the chair and feel that they own it. And I think that's definitely true for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I think as time has gone on, my voice has fit even better, you know, so. Let me ask you a couple other uh, questions. We may jump around a little bit. There was a, uh, I think it's a musical called Jukebox Hero and based on Foreigner tunes. Did you ever see that or hear about that? Yeah, uh, that that was something that uh, Mick and management came up with. Uh, that was that had uh, performed in Canada, and so that's still kind of an idea that's still being kicked around. And yeah, uh, and I was, and we we went up through a whole bunch of stuff with that. Like I, I saw the initial uh, play and and the storyline and. And they were looking to sell it. And there was at one point we talked about, well, Kelly, can you do some kind of mock acting and performance to present mm -hmm. this? And so it went through all these iterations before it went on stage in Canada. Oh, that's cool. And so now the last studio record is 12, 13 years ago. Cancel Down came out in 2009, right? It had right. two top 20 singles. From then till now, I have to imagine there'd been a couple of discussions to put out another record or was that not ever, cause it did well, or is the reason that, that you mentioned before that what's the point at this point that you never bothered sitting down to do that next record. Let me tell you a couple of things that happened. I spent another year of my life with Mick making can't slow down while we were on tour in Europe and America, while I was editing a live video that we did. 
So anytime there was a day off or two days off or three days off, Mick was flying to LA or I was flying to New York and we would set up at a hotel uh, with the Pro Tools system with, with Marty Fredrickson, the co-producer. And we would, every day, we'd, we'd just show up in the morning. All day long, we'd work on writing songs and making this record. And because it's Pro Tools, you know, we'd start an idea with acoustic guitar and a vocal and then just build the production around that and, mm-hmm. you know, make an album. And a year we spent. And the day that that record was released, you could get it for free on the internet. Right, right, right. I mean, that is what it we is. Spent, we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars making that record. And then that's what you get. Like a peer-to-peer site saying, here it is. And that's really depressing. Yeah, uh, it's really frustrating. Yeah, I get it. It's much harder these days. I don't know how you make well, a living as a new artist. I just don't right. know how you do it. At least, you know, Foreigner has the uh, catalog to go out and sell out larger venues. Plus, there was the other thing. There was the other thing, like, I kind of came to the conclusion, like, it doesn't make sense to release a full album anymore. No. It's better to do mini campaigns for a song or two right. and approach it through a social media and do that, because you're not going to be making money off of the song, but maybe you can drive energy somewhere else to whatever, whether it's live or whether you want someone to do something else. That's kind of the decision that, that made sense because it does not make a financial sense to, to go into a a real studio because we were going into real studios, not people's bedrooms and making a real record. Yeah. I think maybe also these days it just takes a, Oh, that, that era is uh, the idea of the $200,000 album or the, whatever it is album is not a, just not a thing anymore. There's no reason for it anymore. Right. It's not a thing. And, And it's, it's being hurt by all kinds of things. Like, Everything about album making now in all genres is about expediency. What, right. th- there's auto-tune, so you don't have to spend days and days getting a, a vocal right. So people just go in there and go, ah! and all of a sudden it sounds perfect. And you're like, okay, so we finished a record and it really didn't take any time or energy or effort or talent. You know, that I don't know the answer to this question. Maybe you do. Is there such a thing as, and I'm sure the answer is yes, but I'm going to ask anyway, live auto-tune? Like, you don't yes. have to... There is like in real time, not yep. a track, not a, a vocal to hide you singing, but actually yep. pitch correcting while you sing. And also tracking, singing to track or, or playing to track or everyone. Well, that just, is, that's always existed. But I mean, like actually singing. No, but more singing. people that more people are doing it live where there's not even people playing, not wow. even people singing on stage. And, and the audiences are seeming like, eh, I had a good time. It was all right. James looks very upset. <laughs> we used to like back in like the nineties, we go to a show and there'd always be one guy in the group. So this is like the beginning of conspiracy theory guys. Like the, the conspiracy theories, like those people started like in high school, going to shows going, you know, the drummer ain't drumming. You, you know, that Dave Grohl's just back there. Like it's, she's just chilling out. Those dudes grow up to think that there's lizard people, but it's always that one guy. And you'd spend the whole time watching the opening band arguing that Jeff Ahmet was actually playing bass, that Eddie Goddard yeah. better was say like you, you would get in fist fights. You're like, and you'd also, they'd also tell you that that's not the real David Bowie, that the real David Bowie died in 73 and he's replaced by a theatin or some shit like that. And so that was nineties in Vegas. That just, but the, but the, the real story is though, is there's a lot of bands that there are guys behind the curtain. Oh yeah. Playing. Robert and Mason for Ozzy Osbourne for a decade. We've talked about that all kinds of guys and the thing is is that whether the artist doesn't want to the audience to see this other person or take attention away from another person but there's also people backstage like doubling lead vocals and singing the high parts and doing that's really happens but it's it's cheaper to put it on tape and play to a click (sighs) the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to carvana it doesn't get any better than this your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. In 91, I think it was, when Queensryche did Operation Live Crime. It might have been 91, 92 when they did the... The girl I was dating was a massive Queensryche fan. And she ran out of the venue crying because they used backing vocals, you know, and she was so upset about it that she left the fucking theater. 
I think you should have married that girl. That's a girl. <laughs> Where to- well, that leads me, by the way, to an interesting thing, because you are obviously not the original lead singer, right? But it is so weird to me how so many people are just like, oh, well, it's not the original band. Why would I go see it? Which makes no fucking sense to me when someone sounds great. And I mean, Mick wrote uh, arguably every fucking big song in, in, in Foreigner's history. Do you find it weird how reluctant to change are, especially when you find out things like, I didn't know this recently. Did you know that the Wizard of Oz that we all know and love was not the original Wizard of Oz, that there was like 10 before that? I never knew that. Wait, what? Yeah, there were several, I think it was eight, six or six to eight other Wizard of Oz in the 1910s, 15s, and 20s that were telling the same story. And then we just know the one. And that's when, like, and, you know, Judas Priest's original lead singer is not Rob Halford. There's so many of those stories. It's weird that people care so much, in my opinion. Faith No More. Faith No More. Well, yeah. I listen, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. And, you know, and luckily for me, I, I base my beliefs and my energy on what I believe. Because you, you can't be in this business and take shit that people say to heart mm-hmm. and because you'll, you'll, you'll kill yourself. You have to be confident in what you're doing and your, and your own thing because there is a... Oh, completely across the gamut spectrum of people's beliefs. That's just the way the world is. So right. yes, it's weird, but that's the way it is. And then also I saw, I don't know, I think it was at the 40th anniversary that you and uh, Lou sang together. I think you've done it once or twice on stage. Um, does he ever, like, is there any thoughts of bringing him out in the end? Or, you know, it doesn't matter anymore at this point. I w- uh, the door is always open to all the all the original members, all the surviving members of the band to to come and play with us, and I encourage that, and I and really enjoy doing it. Um, I've always uh, loved having those guys and respected everything that they've accomplished, even though sometimes you know it's not always reciprocal, um, and I understand why because if you're the guy who did the stuff originally and someone's out there doing it now and and you're not. I could, I understand, um, but I'm, right. I'm only trying to, I'm only trying to extend the legacy and present these songs as, as uh, faithfully as I can. And uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, hurt anybody, you know, I'm just trying to right. do my thing. So, so, and in, in several interviews, you said this, that you're not a favorites type of guy. I class right. it up and I say, I'm not a superlatives guy. That just makes me sound smarter. I feel using that polysyllabic word just makes me sound like a more more but then again, you go on with the, the extra explanation, which totally belies what you just said. That's true. Oh, my God, belies. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. And uh, so the question is, not a favorite song, but is there any song that you've not gotten to do on the tours that you want to make sure you work into this final run? And a lot of talk about that, about what we're good song list we're going to do. And... We still are. Uh, we still have a problem because you have a, a time limit. Right. Um, you've got a, a package situation where you have a certain amount of time allowed by a venue or a city or whatever, and you got to. So if you're going to take a hit out and you're going to put something else in, you got to realize that's going to have an effect on the overall energy of the show. And but we used to do. I mean, we used to do break it up. We used to do. Uh, at war with the world we used to do um star rider we, we've done a lot of songs that we're not doing now plus i don't know uh a heart made of stone I, we've never done but i thought it might be cool to do um but we do we have done uh girl on the moon and there's a lot of songs that we're going to thinking about to try to incorporate uh but even the ones that we have done that are not big hits are bigger than the ones that we haven't ever done that we just right. can't include because there's just too many songs. That's, that's the way it is. Yeah. I guess that should be the worst problem you have. You have too many hits to choose from. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, you're God. exactly right. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. One of the video that I found of you, and I think it was a couple of years ago, might be less that I loved. There was two of them. I think a year apart was you in an elevator and you spreading Christmas cheer singing, uh, foreigner songs to promote a, a live nation tour right live nation has been really i have to say really great about wanting to put energy forth to do these kind of promotional videos to to announce tours that we're doing and um it was it was really kind of this collaborative thing that we did they would come and say listen 
we want to do a, one of these videos to like six months before a tour that we're going to put out as a promo to do. And uh, so they would get together, they had their writers and they would go in a meeting and they were really willing to take my input about what we should do or what we can or not do. Like the whole toilet thing and the Christmas one, that was, you know, mm -hmm. something I thought would be cool oh, to put in there. Yeah. And so they, they were really good about that. And then uh, I know, I'm not even sure what this actor's name is who works at Live Nation, who was, the, who was a character in all of these videos. Um, in fact, we just did another one. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's the, um, it's the farewell tour one we did with Live Nation. That oh, one I've not seen that one yet. No, I just yeah. saw the, the Christmas one and the, uh, the elevator one. I'm doing a pitch to a bunch of music execs about. Oh wait, no, I did see that. I did yeah, see that. Yeah. I didn't really. Yeah, yeah. I did. That but was they're mannequins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. It's good. Good that you can uh, also. That's where I saw you walking around, where on online telling, asking people who sings this song. You know, it's good that you can see the levity in in what you're doing as well, which I think is great. Well, you know, <laughs> when you when you get to a certain age, you realize that life is too short, and you just fuck it and. And I just try to just enjoy everything we're doing. I've really tried to learn how to enjoy doing what I do, even though I, I feel immense pressure to do it properly and to not disappoint people and to not fail and to not suck. And that's my daily grind in my head. But I'm trying to turn that around and say, just enjoy it. You know, just have a good time. Right. I mean, at this point, you've been in the band fucking 18 years. If you can't lighten up now, when the fuck are you going to lighten up? Let's be honest. Yeah, I know. But it's 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 hard work. If I was going out there being smart, you know, Paul Rogers was smart because he wrote songs and keys that weren't going to kill him when he's older. Right. David Bowie That's was not... smart. Sting was smart. They all did that. You know? Yeah. Well, Sting, had, you know, Roxanne's no joke. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. A joke. Yeah. 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 But that is true. You always wonder if you're, you know go back in time and talk to the your younger songwriter self and say, hey, you are going to be singing this for 40 years. You may want to fucking dial it down a little bit. And he would go, fuck you. That's what he would <laughs> exactly. do. Yeah. So then another aspect of your life that maybe this ends up being what Kelly Hansen becomes most known for is you and I share this as well, uh, super passionate about cooking. And you mm -hmm. won Rockstar episode of Chopped a few years ago against Lita Ford and uh, I think a few others. I forget who was in that, but how Dweezil Zappa and Dweezil Eddie Ojeda. How big a part of your life is is cooking still? Every day I'm home, I'm cooking. Um, huh? During the pandemic, uh, during the year and four months that we didn't play, I ordered, we went to sushi once and I ordered a curry once. Every other meal in that 500 days, I made several meals a day. And so is it something, is it a passion? Like where you want to like really start uh, getting better and better. Have you always? I mean, obviously you're good if you won, but I don't know how good. Uh, it is. It is. Lita Ford or the kitchen cooking. No, no I, I, I'm pretty good. I'm gonna go. Uh, my instinct says Dweezil probably goes off the forbidden path and makes some wild shit like quiche with like shark fin, like just something wild. <laughs> he would. He was actually. He 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 was good and um, uh, and I definitely, I want to expand and do new stuff all the time. I, I mean, last night I made, um, uh, pork and white bean stew the night before I made, um, uh, braised chicken with a mushroom gravy. Um, uh, and I'm trying to stretch out in my Asian flavors and my, uh, African flavors. I, I'm constantly doing that. And, uh, because I, I, I just, especially now with the cost of eating out, so now you go out to a restaurant and because they can't get anyone to work and their supply chain issues, everyone's cheapening out on the ingredients and portions are smaller. They're made by people less skilled and you're paying more money. So I'm like, no way I'm going to eat at home because I'm going to get what I want sourced properly. It's going to be made exactly the way I like. It's going to taste wonderful. And I'm going to save money. Right. I agree with that. But I do, I, you know, I'm, I come from that background. I, I went to cooking school. I ran a French restaurant and I was in that world for a long time. I still do love the uh, uniqueness when a restaurant is doing something interesting and different and really bringing something to the table where you eat it and you're like, Oh, I don't know how to fucking, I could never right. make this. That's right. what I love. I love that aspect of eating out, but that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a I know I agree with you, but that's, that's few and far between. Yeah. And uh, but also I have a problem with it's very hard to compare um, cooking at home where the plate goes from 
being finished to you eating it in literally 30 seconds mm-hmm. and the freshness and beauty of that to serving a hundred people in a room, you can't get the same intimacy that way. It's it's it loses something there. Right. It's just the I way it is. You. Let me ask you this. I, I know you're not a superlatives guy. I'm gonna explain what that means again in a second. But um what what's your go-to? Like if you were if you and I were gonna enter a cooking competition against each other, what is Kelly Hansen gonna make that's gonna be the one that people are like, well, that's fucking delicious? Uh enchiladas. Enchiladas. I was gonna say I, I was gonna say Mexican. I swear to God, my that's instincts a, are to the roof, boys. That's not my. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, that's not my strong suit. Mexican is not my strong suit. I don't. Think so, here's, so what the thing is, I, what I do is I make I make this red sauce. So it's uh, onions, tomatoes, uh, cilantro, uh, coriander, cumin, salt and pepper, achiote, orange juice, cinnamon, and you blend that up. Oh, also with dried peppers, you got guajillo, you got uh, um, uh, a couple different kinds of dried peppers. Uh, are, you your own tor- are you making your own tortillas? I- I'm making my own tortillas. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And so, then, so, so, sir, and I, I'm sorry, I can't even enunciate <laughs> the word. So you really hate me. I'm, I'm checking all the boxes of bullshit. So then, uh, then, you know, I, what I do is I, is I, I make that, and then I kind of do a couple of non-traditional things. Like I'll, 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 I'll cook my like if it's a chicken enchilada, I'll cook chicken, and I may put some carrots in there or some corn or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I will. But that sauce is the key ingredient to what, and and of course the tortilla too. That's also. Are you using masa? You're making your own corn tortillas. Yeah, that's fucking cool. All right, that's good. You, you'd beat me in that one. You would beat yeah. me in that world for sure. I, I would not go up against you in, in Mexican food. I feel that's a... No. Well, what, would you be, what would be your go-to? I'm really good with uh, with French food because I did work at a French restaurant for a long time. Right. Um, and I'm good with uh, a lot of American classics and stuff. But I try to always push... Like, I've been getting into... So sorry to our, to our SDR show listeners. This is not what they would like, but I, it is my passion. <laughs> I've gotten really into pickling lately, like making my own pickled onions, making my own pickled carrots, my own pickled cucumbers, and finding the right ratios to make it a little brighter, a little brinier, whatever. Yeah. And I've been really into that lately. Yeah, I do, my, I do my own pickled onions and all that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. James. No. We, so we, just, bored, so we bored James to Drugs and pickles, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, so I, I, just, I just saw the movie, The Menu, Loved it. And I get it. As, a, it. as, a, as someone who works so, in the industry, I get it. So the next thing to do now here is I'm, 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 I'm in England right now. And so, um, but I want to make that cheeseburger. I want to make that cheeseburger. Oh yeah. Cheeseburger. I want to do it the right way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's funny. There's a place up the block for me that I can't make a better cheeseburger than this guy. I don't know what he does, why it's right. so fucking good, but it is the best cheeseburger I've ever had in my life. And they actually on the food network, Somebody went there and they said on the air, oh, this is not the best cheeseburger in New York. This is the best cheeseburger in the country, if not the world. Wow. And, it, and it really is. I'll bet you it's the meat blend. Is what, it is for what sure. He does more fat. But still, right. I've tried it. I can't get it that way. What were we going to say, James? You guys order it correctly then, right? I, I'm talking to two classic. I mean, you guys, you, you're creating tortillas. You're definitely ordering your burger medium or medium rare. Medium you're not rare. How dare right? you? I sure. used to get mad. If no, I but burger- here's the thing. If you're doing a classic cheeseburger, like a fast food cheeseburger, it's always well done. Yeah, if it's a pressed yeah. burger, if it's a pressed yeah, that's, burger, that's sure. right. If you're doing a fat burger, maybe, but if yeah. you're doing a classic fast yeah. food cheeseburger, yeah. if you want to recreate an In-N-Out burger, yeah, it's, it's going to be well. It's gonna be, yeah. yeah, of course. It's funny though. I used to on dates get fucking pissed. Oh, if take a girl to dinner and she would order like a filet mignon, well done. I would be fucking <laughs> so annoyed. Oh, well, now, nowadays, nowadays, the chef will kick you out if you do that. Yeah, I always get so pissed. What were you say, James? That's a chef with integrity, just like that w- girl you dated in 91 who left yeah. the Queensway concert <laughs> because of back and tracks. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's funny. I've tried <laughs> to be better one at thing, it. Oh, I, I got one. This is a silly thing, but are you familiar? Are you and your bandmates familiar with the um, um, Adult Swim animated series Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Sure, with the foreigner belt. Yeah, sure. I mean, how do you guys feel about it? I think it's the greatest episode that has ever been done in animation and if i can actually get a foreigner belt i will wear it i'll wear it i have have a foreigner belt buckle i have a foreigner i do yeah i know i'm I'm familiar with the with the uh aqua teen hunger force i loved it i don't know if i remember that episode so they had these spinoff characters they were in several episodes they're phenomenal the moon knights and i love the moon knights they have a belt of that says with has the f on it it's the foreigner belt and if they just say 
uh, just kind of like you and I were doing earlier, the, the uh, words of a title, you get the power. So you, if you said double vision, you could just shoot out Ray's and oh. give him double vision right now. It's cold as ice would like make people freeze. And yes. yeah. Oh, I'm going to look that up right after this. That's exciting. Best it was the, bell, the bell bug was like a, the shape of a guitar um, yeah. body with an F on it. When they do something like that, and it's just me being a uh, an idiot, do they need your uh, the band's approval, or they don't? I, I don't believe there was any uh, approval because they uh, for you can't trademark a, a song title, and they didn't play it in the music, so I'll I guess not. Yeah. All right, so uh, James, before I wrap, any other questions before we do the first? No, I just want to say the irony is at the end of that episode of Moon and Night says the wrong song. He says a, a lover boy song. And now you guys are going to tour with lover boy. Look oh. at this. Oh, look at that. You brought it, you brought it full circle, James. Full circle, baby. I mean, this Thank is God. great. All right. So the name of the show is the SDR show, sex, drugs, and rock and roll show. We've asked every guest this since the dawn of time. The first time ever I their first experience of all three. We start with rock and roll, and we mean the first concert you went to on your own volition, and hopefully not some band we never heard of, you know, just something that you went to because you wanted to go to that band. I think it was a Kiss concert. Strong. That's nice. But, but I also attended the Kiss and the Phantom of the Park show. Wow. <laughs> That's a great so, one. Like, so I, my friends and I were in a Maverick. It was one of the, there was a Maverick that was out, I think it was Ford Maverick, right? Mm -hmm. That uh, it had, they had a, like a, a kind of a, a amped up version of a Maverick with a big engine in it. And we're driving up the freeway to go to Magic Mountain in, in California. Here. And the car overheats and we get pulled over the side of the road and someone pulls over and gives us a ride in the back of a pickup truck up to Magic Mountain. And we get there and Kiss is doing this big thing. So like in the parking lot with the, with the uh, roller coaster behind, they're facing the roller coaster and the audience is in the middle between the roller coaster and the stage. And so they're filming this thing for this movie, this Phantom of the Park. So, and I see like members of Angel over there, like these guys that wore these white satin outfits and they all had long hair and, and so Kiss is playing and they had these um, pedestals that they would stand on uh, that were kind of two poles with an S-shaped bar in the middle that they would put their legs on each side of it. And then this bar would lift up and then to, to support them. And then the pedestal would lift up in the air for, for Gene and, and Paul. Mm -hmm. So they went up and, um, and then right when they got to the top, all the power went out. So all you heard was a hi-hat. That's you know, oh. and then the, the the drum the drum tech came out with a box full of drumsticks and he was throwing them because they were filming the audience. So they were throwing drumsticks out in the audience, and so I wasn't a major fan of Kiss, but I just happened to have those Kiss experiences. Oh, that's good. That's good experience. So now, the first drug you ever did after weed, unless weed wasn't your first drug. <sighs> weed was way later. Um, I never was a big drug guy, but. Um, I was playing in a band with CeCe DeVille. Oh, what band was that? It was called Needle Park. Had a deal on uh, Hollywood Records, but never had an album out. Wow, I never uh, knew that. That's cool. And Needle Park is the nickname of the park right by my house. Uh, in Tompkins. Uh, we live in a nice neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I had a headache one day. And he, and he said, here, take this. And I, I said, what is it? He goes, don't worry. Take it. It'll be fine. So I took it and it was like a quaalude. Oh, God. Okay, cool. Uh, it was a good quaalude. Yeah, not a big drug, you know. All right, fair enough. But your your uh, C.C. DeVille impression sounds like when Andrew Dice Clay does a girl's voice. Like <laughs> kind of. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then the first time you had sex. Oh, okay, so my sister's friend had a party. Well, thank God you said my sister's friend. If the friend was there, <laughs> this is always a good beginning. A sister's friend party—that's always this is always a good uh, sex story. 
what and it's my older sister, so it was an older people's party. Okay. Right. right. So I and I somehow I, I was dragged along to the party. So I'm at this party and um and everyone there's older than me. You see, maybe just a few years older than me. So I'm I'm not the cool. So I'm just leaning up against the wall and every once in a while. My sister's friend, whose apartment it was, would come by and just deep throw me as I was leaning against the wall, and then she'd walk away. So, and that was, of course, very exciting for me as a 17-year-old or whatever it was. I'm sure. 16-year-old. So we, we eventually ended up in the parking lot in her Mustang. Boom! Right. That's, a, that's, a, that's a quick escalation, right? That's she great. was 25. I was, I was 16. Oh, I like that. Oh, good for you. Were, you. were you already in the world of rock and roll at that point or no? No, no, no. There's no turning back after that. No. You don't go into accounting after that story. I don't think so. No, no, sir. All right. So uh, you could follow Foreigner at Foreigner Live on Instagram. Follow Kelly Hansen at Kelly Hansen Rocks, where apparently there's a lot of people mocking or not mocking, pretending to be you online. You have to go yeah. and say, this is my only... Dude, that's a really bad thing. Can I tell you a story? Yeah, but you, you have, have the blue check. People should know. But yeah, go what? ahead. Tell the story. You have the blue check on your Kelly Hansen rocks. I do have the blue check, yeah. So that's um, how you should so, know that too. But go ahead, tell the story, and then we'll wrap this up. So this is a really bad thing that's happening, and I want people to be aware that they need to understand that if it doesn't seem right, it's not right. But on the other hand, I can't stop people from being stupid. People have to use their own critical thinking to understand what's right or wrong or good or bad. I had a fan who was convinced that her and I were having a relationship because she was con communicating with a with an imposter. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I've had imposters who've actually created real passports with my name on it. Awesome, love it. Trying to prove the that they're me. Mm -hmm. um, so this woman was going to leave her husband and fly to Los Angeles to meet me and her daughter got in touch with me on Facebook or whatever and said, you're ruining my family. You're a dick. You're a fucker. Blah, blah, blah. And I, wow. and I responded as Kelly's uh, social media manager. Uh -huh. And I said, you know, Kelly has never spoke to this woman, doesn't know her. And, and it took me a while, but I convinced her that that was the truth. And so um, she said, well, she's leaving my dad she's flying to LA to meet you and I and I just ha I had cold sweats imagine this woman getting off the plane someone opening up the door to a white van and said here I'm Kelly here sent me here to pick you up and oh. it freaked me out so bad I was stressed out about it that um I just said that's it the social media thing is is just it's not for me and I I don't post that much anymore because so many wackos crazies and weirdos like I said creating fake passports saying they're me it's 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 a night people showing up at my door who, who well, think I'm, I'm they're in love with me people showing the gigs who think i'm married to them it goes on and on we interview uh well first i have to get my joke in it'd be cool that she finally meets you in person and goes man why are you so cold as ice anyway the the other part of that is um no i'm supposed to say i've been waiting for a girl like you hey eh? <laughs> um, we have a lot of porn stars on the show and you that happens all the time to, to porn stars where guys will show up at like a venue that they're doing signups at or, or signings at and be like, Hey, um, well, aren't we leaving together now? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm so you're saying I'm a porn star. Yes. In a lot of ways. Believe me. Who, who would have known? Who would have known? By the way, I'm on my wife's computer and I think she has the, uh, appearance enhancement on. That's why my face looks so soft and pretty. That makes sense. You know, people yeah. always said you had a supple face. That's how they describe you, Kelly. Um, so the well, see, tour, I am a porn star. I have a supple face. There's the residency in Vegas. There's the kickoff farewell tour that's going to be lasting a year and a half. Farner Live, Kelly Hansen Rocks on Instagram. We end the, song, the show every week with a, um, a song added to our playlist. I was going to add a hurricane song, but I don't know if you'd rather me add a foreigner song. Or you can play Starfucker by the Stones. All right, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll play Starfucker by the Stones. That's fair enough. We'll do that. Anything else you want to plug before we go around the room and wrap this up? No, I, but I do want to say to anyone who's listening, because this is the farewell tour thing, I, I just want to say that uh, I understand and appreciate the decades of um, uh, appreciation by everybody and, and, and the decision to, to do this farewell tour has not been taken lightly. And um, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there. 
and all the single ladies out there, he's not available. He's married. Stop it. Okay. Stop showing up at his at his door saying that just you're. Go, just go watch his porn. You. That'll be easier. Just go watch his porn. James, go ahead. Your plugs. The uh, the the T H E the James Mattern on Instagram and YouTube. Um, watch the check spot special. Um, and order it on vinyl if you want. It's cool shit on pinchrecords.com. And yeah, that's it. Just yeah. I just I just want to add too that. Maybe it's your French uh, cuisine training and your being in the business for so long, but the framing of your picture with the printer behind you is stellar. I just really? want to say, wow. fantastic. Thank you so yeah. much. It makes me look, and it's got like a, a, a punk rock eat or like a Art Deco record there. No, it's, cool. it's all about the printer. It's because, you know, it's like you'd like your second co host. <laughs> it's so big. It's such a big printer. <laughs> Let me be honest uh, uh, with for punk rock. The printer is the more punk rock thing there. Yeah. And there's a, there's a guitar the right there. Look, I can lean over. There's a guitar right there. There we go. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. You could have Joe Strummer's head behind you and wouldn't be as punk rock as having it. That printer is so fucking massive, too. It's a, it's a color laser, but I'm getting rid of it. All right. Follow me everywhere at I am Ralph Sutton. My other podcast is called the Good Sugar Podcast Health and Wellness. We're opening our first location before the end of the month on 3rd Avenue and 69th Street here in the city. Uh, and as we said, we're going to add Starfucker to the playlist. Great Thank song. you so much, Kelly Hansen, for doing the show. And maybe all three of us will film a porn together one day. Absolutely. I've got a supple face. Yeah. We'll see you next time on the SPR <laughs> show. Baby.
been listening to the SDR Show.